May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you ever have one of those weeks when a particular word pops up over and over again? Sometimes it happens when you learn a new word, right? And then you hear it or you read it seemingly everywhere. For me, one of those words is Bitcoin. I still don't know what it is, but I see the word all the time. Other times it is a word you know already, and you notice it in multiple places. Now, I pay attention when that happens, for I take it as more than a coincidence. I take it as perhaps a nudge to pay attention. And I pray about whether it might be a helpful bridge to the Scripture. This week, that word is bewildered. Bewildered. The dictionary definition is perplexed and confused, very puzzled. We can imagine using it in a sentence. She was bewildered when she saw the mess they left in the kitchen. He was bewildered by the preacher's sermon. But try on this definition. Bewildered is a word which means you don't have any idea what is happening. And you is a word which doesn't just mean you. It means everyone. You have no idea what is happening, and nobody you know has any idea what is happening. And of course, there are all the people you don't know, which is most of the people in the world, and they don't know what is happening either. And of course, I don't know what is happening. Now that is a definition of being bewildered I can get behind. Now that definition of being bewildered comes to us courtesy of Lemony Snicket, who is the author of a little book a parishioner gave me this week when I was visiting her and her husband. And that's the first page of the book. So after the events of the last two weeks, too numerous to list, the events of the past few years, also too numerous to list, I would argue that Snicket's robust definition is how many, many people would describe themselves. Bewildered. Tomorrow, we celebrate the 4th of July, which we call Independence Day, a day to mark the beginning of the great experiment in democracy, a day to honor the torch of liberty which has been lit in this land. That's a quote from a prayer in our prayer book. We celebrate that right down the road from here, Farmers and small business owners bravely faced British troops. 
In their courage, they led the way for a future where many imagined a better way to live. A new country with governance where their voices and votes and freedom would fall upon all of us in a shared vision of a new land. Now, it's not a perfect place. We all know that. But it has been mostly a hopeful place where people have dreamed from far and near to make their lives and raise their children. Of course, we fall short in every generation of the ideals upon which this country was founded. But in the past, difficult times have brought us together. So it feels really bewildering now to see instead divisions deepening daily. Now, I do not want to grieve as one without hope. That phrase is also a quote from a prayer in our prayer book. I do not want to grieve as one without hope. And I find myself wondering what to do, how to be, where to nurture the flame of hope amidst the sea of bewilderment, where to find good news when wolves are circling, how to be a person of faith in these times. Today's gospel gives us some hints about this, but perhaps not in the obvious ways. Jesus appoints 70 additional disciples to go out ahead of him into the towns he plans to visit. He sends them out two by two and tells them to take nothing with them, no purse, no food, no extra clothes. They are to go out on a reconnaissance mission into a probably hostile world, away from the security and relative safety of hanging around listening to Jesus. Jesus even names it. He says, I send you out like lambs among wolves. Now you may be thinking, man, I really, really don't like this gospel. First there were 12 disciples, now there's 70. Okay, we're up to 82. They're coming for me next. It's getting a little too close dangerously close to us. For somehow it imagines that we are called to go out and meet people we don't know. People who we already suspect don't like us. Who don't want to hear about faith or God or any of it. And if we're honest, we've probably all said, we're really not that kind of Christian anyway. We like our piety private, inside lovely spaces with beautiful music. No missionaries, we. We resist, we stop listening, we put this story in the category of not about me. 
I'm not interested in even thinking about this, honestly. I'm too busy, too bewildered right now. Is he taking care of my family? Thinking about how many hamburgers and hot dogs I need to get on my way home from here for the cookout. And friends, the truth is, I am right there with you. Every time this story comes up, every three years, I want to shy away from it. It feels impossible to preach in a way that you might listen. And more importantly, I worry, I worry that it makes us retreat from our own willingness to spread the good news in our own way. Because if we imagine that the only way to witness to God's love and mercy and grace is the picture we see here, of course we don't want to do it. But I'm happy to report that the Holy Spirit heard my struggles this week and sent me a partner in wondering about this. It turns out God does want us not to be alone in ministry. Two by two, two by two is a welcome grace every time it happens. Whether it is in the form of a person who shows up in the flesh, or a spiritual companion you may meet in your reading, as some of us are doing with Thomas Merton, Rowan Williams, Bernard Dozier, Alan Hilton. You may have your own spiritual companion. We are meant to be in community as we serve and learn and grow, and yes, witness in our faith. So this week, a woman named Halel McClurg showed up for me through a blog that she contributes to called Inward Outward. Kayla is a writer and a minister at the Church of the Savior in Washington, D.C. That's a really interesting and complicated place that I'm not going to spend time talking about, but if you would like to know more, just Google it, Church of the Savior, Washington, D.C. So her words helped me to understand today's gospel story in a way that I can hear it as good news. As celebration news, as freedom news, as each of us is enough just as we are news. Who likes that one? Each of us is enough just as we are. Thanks be to God. Kayla's peace is where the second instance. Poetry. Bring it in 
as I read. Let the phrases open up in you those places where you would wish they could the way Luke tells us.
Jesus knows us well enough to know that we are often too burdened with stuff, too fearful, too unwilling to leave the comfortable place. So he sends us out with one another. sends us out to be bearers of peace, to be grateful recipients of the grace of God and the gifts of others, to be careful not to bring the dirt of hatred and violence, racism and fear, unpeace and oppression with us as we enter Thank you.